0: When you, when when the morel mushrooms come out is when I usually see the bears. The temperatures are good, you know, the kind of environment's good, the climate's good. It's usually warmer out. I, I really do look for that. Plus I'm out looking for mushrooms anyway.
1: The RockCast is powered by Onyx Hunt, and for good reason. Onex Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Stay tuned for a RockCast promo code.
2: Howdy, and welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. I'm Sam Weaver, hosting today's Tipsy Tuesday, a short segment covering RockSlide.com tidbits, hunting news from across the West, with just a sprinkling of tips and tricks to keep you well-informed for your next adventure. Today's Tipsy should be released on May 16th, so that's just one day before Robbie Deming's Break the Slump YouTube video premiere, which is tomorrow, the 17th, at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm pretty lucky and took in a pre-screening of the movie. Robbie lets us tag along through three up-and-down seasons, all the while teaching us his methods of being a big buck hunter. It's mostly self-filmed and was edited by Jordan Budd into an easy-to-watch and enjoyable video. Hey, no need to take my opinion on this. Simply slip on over to the Rock Slide YouTube channel, watch the one-minute trailer to see what it's all about, and while you're there, subscribe to be notified when the premiere is going to kick off. As if you need more incentive to tune into this premiere, Robbie's has teamed up with some great sponsors to give out randomly drawn prizes. Iron Wheel Broadheads are going to be giving out a three-pack, of the winner's choosing. Kafaro International is giving away their new binocular harness. Win it, and you'll be one of the first to get a harness in your hands. Precision Arms is in for a $200 gift certificate. Backpack Logistics is giving a meal package to another lucky winner. And finally, Seek Outside is giving away their newest shelter. So to recap, you'll need to be a member of RockSlide.com. That's R O K S L I D E.com subscribe to the Rockslide YouTube channel, comment with your Rockslide screen name during the premiere, and you'll be entered into the prize drawing. Again, Breaking the Slump will premiere tomorrow evening, May 17th at 6.30 Mountain Standard Time. Hope to see you guys there. All right, and today's Tipsy Tuesday, i brought on two guests to talk over-the-counter spring bear hunting. Please welcome Randy Gurkey, a Rockslide moderator out of Idaho, and Mike Moore, Rockslide's newest moderator, who resides in Montana. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Sam. Yep,
0: good to be here, Sam.
2: All right, I think this is going to be a great show today. I've hunted both Idaho and Montana as a non-resident, and we have uh, a resident out of each state to kind of help us go through there and answer a few questions. So let's get on it. All right, guys, what What do you like about spring bear hunting? I mean, I think it's fairly obvious, but, I mean, this is a
3: time. There's not a lot of hunting opportunity besides maybe turkeys, but uh, I'd rather be in the mountains. So uh, I mean, it's a great opportunity in the spring to get out and kick around in the mountains and and always have a chance of uh, harvesting an animal too.
0: Sam, for me, it's uh, it's basically hunting season again. And uh, as you know, as you guys all know, bear meat is absolutely wonderful. So it's a chance to get out there and get some meat
2: yeah i think the biggest thing for me about spring bear is you know the weather is so unpredictable it can be warm or it can be uh, almost fall like and you can really use and test your gear that you'll be using during the hunt season so if you wanted to try something new without actually having to bet it during elk season uh, spring bear is a great time to do it
0: oh a- absolutely and i I've, I've got a couple uh uh well between uh, between the first of the year and now I appropriated some Stone Glacier stuff so I'm really uh, jonesing to try some of that plus uh, I'm doing a knife review and uh, I'd love to do it on a bear
2: yeah that would be awesome and I think the other thing that's pretty great about spring bear hunting is you know bears inhabit such a wide variety of country that if you're looking at maybe trying to hunt a different species or check out some other units, uh, spring bears, a great thing with the general tag. I know you can hunt most of the state if it's not draw, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, how does Montana work? Is it regional or statewide? Uh,
3: the, the tag is good for the state where there's season, uh, the season structures change across the state. I mean, some of them are on quotas, uh, the season lengths vary, but, uh, um, it's just one tag for, you know, whatever's open for bear in the state of Montana.
2: Right. So check the regulations if you have a Montana state tag, but you don't have any limited entry bear units in Montana, do you? No special? Draws? We do not. I know, I know in Idaho, cause I try and draw them all the time. Um, they do have <laughs> some special draws. Uh, I've been un, unsuccessful so far. You got anything to add about how the general season works there in, in Idaho, Randy?
0: You know, there, there are, it's unit specific. There are some draws. Uh, we still have a very good uh, over the counter. There There's a lot of hunting opportunities. I mean, some seasons open April 1st, some seasons open the 15th of April, and most of them go to June 30th. And the, the one nice thing is you can also hunt turkeys in a lot of those units starting April 15th. And a lot of, a lot of guys kind of combine it with shed season. So, you know, you can be out picking up sheds, hunt turkeys and hunt bears. I mean it's it's a it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that's a lot of opportunity in Idaho. Another thing I noticed, of course I'm coming from farther south there, but if you want to hunt early, you know, you can hunt the southern parts of the state and as the season progresses and you get closer to June, you can just kind of keep on moving north if if you're waiting for those emerging bears.
0: Absolutely. I I'm, I'm kind of in the central part of Idaho and I hunt pretty much Well, probably around that 5,000 foot mark or so. And right now we still have snow line is just right there. So it's been, like I said before, it's been a long, long winter.
2: It's best to go when the bears are out of their hole, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing that I like about bear season being a non-resident is that the prices are reasonable. In Idaho, you have to buy a hunting license. In the past, I bought a hunting license to apply for the draws. And since I've already had the hunting license... The hunting license in Idaho for non-residents like 185 bucks or something. It's $230 for a non-resident bear tag unless you go all the way up north. They have what they call a reduced price bear tag and you can basically get in around $50. And then in Montana, the non-resident fee is about 350. So basically what you're talking about half the price of a deer tag in both places.
3: Yep. That's That sounds right.
2: Well, also in Montana, before you can buy a black bear permit, you have to take their test, which basically is identifying which bear is a grizzly and which is a black bear, so there would be no mistaking them for you when you get out there.
3: Yeah, and it's actually a pretty good test. I'll hit it every once in a while when I feel a little rusty and stuff. So,
0: Yeah, and in Idaho, you know, there's kind of the, the eastern portion of the state typically is where they're at.
2: And also, while you're trying to determine and judging them up, not only for size, but it's good to watch bears for a while because the females are coming out of their hole and their babies are small and they might be up in a tree or something. You need to watch for a little while and make sure you know what you're doing. If you haven't ever been bear hunting, trying to identify, is it a boar? Is it a sow? Is it a sow with no cubs? Um, it's super difficult through the spotting scope, I know.
0: No, that that that's a really good point to bring up, Sam, because – uh, that is true it, it sometimes takes you a while to see those cubs
2: yeah definitely take your time where, where are we going to find these things where do bears live at anybody have a secret tip here you know i think it's
0: a timing thing you, i think it's generally accepted that you kind of follow the snow line you know look for look for those open face slopes with nice green fresh grass which is which is true and i've found that to be true but I also think it's kind of a timing thing. And and one of the things that I kind of thought of when you asked me to do this was when you when when the morel mushrooms come out is when I usually see the bears. The temperatures are good, you know, the kind of environment's good, the climate's good. It's usually warmer out. I, I really do look for that. Plus I'm out looking for mushrooms anyway. But yeah, open slopes, water, I t- I've typically found them near creeks and rivers. And uh, the other thing is I I've got a couple locations where they're always there year after year, which is kind of nice as a honor.
2: Yeah, and I think that brings up a good point, Randy. One of one of my things that I like to do is if I'm seeing a lot of sows in a place, as it gets later into the year and starts to get closer to mating season, that's a good place to return to because you know, in mating season, boars wander around, but those sows are, have a pretty much core area and they'll be around there somewhere. So that's a good tip.
0: You know, later in the year too, and like I mentioned a little bit ago, is a timing thing? A lot of guys hunt Idaho in June and that's where, you know, the, the elk are dropping their calves and the big boars are out looking for them. So you don't necessarily have to be looking for bears that look for the herds of
2: elk. Great tip. Yeah, after this epic winter too, every calf on the ground is is pretty valuable, so killing a bear when they're trying to eat those is is a extra bonus. Typically when they're calving, you know, it's a little bit later in the year. And the one thing about waiting until mating season or calving season is bears when they come out, they have their winter coat and they start to shed. And if you wait till the end of the season there, you're, you're going to be looking at a lot of rubbed up bears. So depending if you want a rug or what you're trying to do there, uh, just, just take note of that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Jim.
2: A lot of people told me that bear wasn't good. I think the one thing that people are nervous about bears is, is you got to make sure that they're cooked well, or if they can be not too good for you, but taste wise, they, they taste excellent.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I'm in total agreement there a lot of that a lot of that has to do with how you prepare it and stuff as you well know but uh, no bear bear meat is excellent which is the I mean that's the primary reason I hunt them so
3: yeah fall bears too I mean you know they're on a lot of berries and you know they're still eating green stuff and I mean pretty good anytime this open
2: yeah I've never taken a fall bear so that'd be a first for me I guess I don't. I don't even know. Is the license good all the way to the fall, or is there two separate licenses? How does that work? Does anybody in Montana?
0: It's the same, same in Idaho.
2: Man, I've been cutting myself short here.
1: The Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, and for good reason. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. It's the exclusive app of many of the Rockslide staff, including myself. Some of the features of the OnX Hunt app are nationwide public and private land boundaries, topographic and 3D maps, track your route, location, and elevation profile, waypoints, lines, and area shapes, save maps for offline use, and create custom map layers. While many of the competitors have similar features, I find one of the biggest benefits in using the OnX Hunt app is that my friends have it. Nothing more painful than trying to share a waypoint with someone who doesn't have the app. Another thing I've noticed with Onyx, it's pretty much glitch-free. Once you learn how to use the app, you will experience very few, if any, glitches in the app. We find on the Rockslide Forum, the guys that are having glitches with OnX or any of the apps, they just don't know how to use it. Once you learn how to use Onyx, it will be there for you. Some of the member benefits you get with being with Onyx are top rut draw odds. They just added that in 2023. Top rut provides some of the most comprehensive draw odds information in the industry. Onyx is also offering constant upgrades like track trim. When they released that last summer, it really cleaned up my app because I was the guy that would go back to camp with my app on and walk around camp for two hours, and then when I would notice my track, it had these big scribble lines in it. Now you can trim that off. They're constantly offering similar upgrades. So if you're ready to make the jump, head over to onxmaps.com, use the Rockcast promo code ROCKCAST, R-O-K-C-A-S-T, save yourself 20%.
2: So what are some of the best methods that that you guys have found to work for finding bears?
3: Well, like any kind of hunting, I mean, it's going to take a lot of legwork, you know, looking for glassing spots just like I would for elk or deer. And um, you're going to have to spend a lot of time, you know, sitting behind binoculars in the spotting scope.
0: Three words, glass, glass, glass. I usually see bears all day long, most of them in the afternoon, Uh, but as Mike said, you get somewhere high, you know, you want to obviously be in a location where there are bears and just glass away. Uh, I think that's the best way to get high and where you can see multiple, multiple drainages and just glass your butt off. I was going to say one
3: of the advantages with glassing bears, deer and elk, um, you know, who are bedding a lot and... Bears tend to be on the move quite a bit. So a lot of times what I'm noticing is movement first. And um, that's just the nature of bears. They're
0: busy. Getting back to what Mike was saying uh, about the bears moving a lot. That's why I think it's kind of nice just to plant your butt. And if you're in a spot where you're glassing really, really big country, I think that's a really viable way of hunting them.
2: What kind of optics do you guys find works the best for your your style that you're using?
0: I'm I'm using basically the same
3: setup that I would use for deer and elk. I've got a you know ten by forty two binoculars and a mid size sixty power spotting scope.
0: And I I would say the same. All my pretty much all my gear is all. Uh, normal hunting gear i use 10 by 42 range finding binoculars actually a 20 to 45 spotter and a tripod i don't the the tripod's a game changer if anybody hadn't done it yet
2: since you plan on getting in a spot and glassing for long periods of time are you guys bringing a additional cushions a chair or pretty much just just how you always do it
3: i uh i've been up late i bought a little light backpacking chair um, I think you might have said you had the same one it's a little Helinox. uh I think it weighs a pound even. and I mean it's just a lot more comfortable. There's some times where you know slope is too steep to set it up and then I have a you know just a, like a chunk of a z-rest uh, sleeping pad and I'll use that but if I can I'd like to use that that little chair I mean it definitely is comfortable.
0: The Helinox Chair Zero is is probably what you guys are talking about. And I also use that too. And I kind of use that in conjunction with a tarp, with a glassing tarp. I always always carry a tarp with me.
2: If you guys haven't been to some of these places, is this is some rugged country. So just because you can see a bear and you can see over there doesn't mean you can get over there and kill it. Or even if you could shoot a long ways, doesn't mean you can get over there and recover it. So I think that's a if you're when you're doing your scouting digitally at home or whatever, take that into account that that just because you're seeing bears doesn't mean you're killing bears. And you can get over on the other side and not be able to see anything just because of the vegetation.
0: I actually have a quick, funny story about that. I ran across a couple Utah guys here about a week ago that were up here bear hunting. And uh, they shot a really nice cinnamon bear. And it was like, oh, I don't know, 400 and... 480, 490-yard shot, and they finally got to it in eight hours.
2: <laughs> you see a bear. Huh? How do you know if it's a shooter? I mean, what are you guys looking for to make you say, that's that's a bear I want to take? i like. just
3: say, I mean, some of it, you know, is experience. I mean, sometimes, I mean, right away, you can tell this is a good bear. I mean, you know, the way they carry themselves, I mean, you know, they lumber, you know, they're heavy, you know, there's rolls on them. Um, I also like to look at the head. Um, you know, people say they have small ears. They, they, they don't have small ears. Uh, big bears have large heads. Their ears are just the same size. So, um, you know, if you see a, a bear and it appears the ears are small, I mean, that's a good indication you got a pretty good
0: bear. And that's exactly what I was going to say, Sam, echo exactly what Mike said. The I, first thing I would look at would be the head. I do have a hard time judging bears, though. It's tough.
2: And also, I think you made a great point, Mike, is is they just, when they're traveling, they're traveling different. Just like a big buck or a big bull, when you're looking at them, even before you get your binos up, just by the way they're moving through the terrain, you have a yep. pretty good idea if, if they're older or yep. not. We've seen a bear. We decided it's a big one. We want to kill it. Where where do you aim at a bear? Because I know that this is kind of a, a big point of contention amongst some people.
0: You know, I'm a behind the shoulder mid mid body. It's pretty much uh, you're going to be in there. You're going to be in a bullet room
3: for bears. I tend to go a little further back than I would deer elk. Um, you know, it's just the way their organs are organized. Um, so you know what might be a little bit. Too far back for a deer and elk, uh, you're probably going to be pretty close there. In my experience, anyways.
2: I'm with Randy. I just bring it. If you're going to take a couple, I'm going to keep sending them.
0: I I haven't found them to be difficult difficult to kill whatsoever. So
2: if you hit anything where and and take its lungs out, it's not going too far. So I know in Idaho, you are required to bring the the pelt out. And I believe that that's also the case in Montana that you have to bring the hide out with you.
0: Well, you're you're also required to bring the skull out in Idaho. The skull and the game rig say a portion of the hide, but pretty much everybody bring the hide has to be sealed, and they have to pull a tooth from the from the skull.
2: Yeah, and they don't want it. Sex, right? It, has, it right. has to come out.
0: That's kind of why they say a portion of the hide it has to be attached to the to the hide.
3: Montana requires the hide and skull for inspection. Uh, they also just went to a mandatory 48-hour reporting uh, via telephone. Um, it's in the regulations. It's a toll-free number. So, uh, they're going to want specifics on, you know, where you got it exactly, talking township range and section and stuff, and then you have to make arrangements with either a biologist or a game warden to get a tag, get a tooth pulled, but they want they want the full hide and the skull
2: in Montana. One thing I learned from the biologist is that if you put a water bottle in their mouth after you've taken your pictures, it really helps them out for pulling a tooth. So they, they do appreciate oh, that's that. That's a good tip. But, okay. Looking at my notes, I noticed one thing we haven't talked about yet. Is, is there anything you guys keep in your truck on a daily basis while you're running around there?
0: Go ahead, Mike.
3: Self-sustained, you know, I've got, you know, I've got chains almost year-round, not quite, but definitely spring bear hunting, you know, shovels. um, I've got kind of like a large come-along winch bear with extra line. And, I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, you mentioned earlier that, I mean, spring bear season. I mean, you the, the weather runs the complete gamut from, you know, 75 and sunny and hot to, you know, 15-20 degrees and snowing hard, so you got to definitely want to be prepared with your vehicle too
0: All uh I carry all that stuff along with probably a couple different axes and I tell you if you haven't tried them, the electric chainsaws are pretty darn handy to have in your truck.
2: A chainsaw is definitely handy you get on those logging roads and they fall behind you and then trying to get out, it kind of pins you in. If you don't have any way to cut that.
0: No, that's pretty, that's a pretty, pretty vital piece of gear. And, uh, you know, getting back to the electric thing, uh, they, they make some really good ones and are not too expensive. As a matter of fact, we carry them in our work trucks up here. So.
2: So basically the same stuff you're carrying in your truck for fall is the same stuff you're bringing during the bear hunt. I mean, yep. You don't know what the weather's going to be like, so exactly you're doing it. Anybody got any favorite gear they like to wear for bear hunting?
3: Really, the the same stuff that I'm wearing in the fall is the stuff that I'm bringing in the spring. I mean, the weather kind of, at least where I'm hunting, mirrors you know a lot of the fall season. I mean, you may
0: not have that you know below zero stuff like late. Same here, Sam.
2: You know, one of the things I found I have to bring for bear season is bug spray. Yep. So depending on the elevation, that's one of the things I don't typically take with me in the fall, but I do in the spring.
0: Very good point.
2: Here's a tip I learned from Matt Cashel there. If you wear solids while you're bear hunting, then you can see all the ticks crawling on you. So I don't don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but uh, it's definitely something to be aware of in the springtime in a lot of these thick wooded places.
3: If you're spring bear
0: hunting, you're you're going to have ticks.
2: All right. Anything else before we close this thing out?
0: Get out there, get a bear, and save a couple calves and fawns.
3: I'd add just one little thing. Mentioned it a couple times on Rock Slide for guys wanting to know, you know, when they go and all that stuff. But if they um, haven't, you know, if you have an area in mind, Take advantage of the snow tail sites. The likelihood of one being where you're hunting is about none, but there's a good chance within, you know, 40, 50 miles, there's a site and maybe a couple. And i like to kind of surround the area that I'm looking at and then look at any snow tail site that's within, you know, 40, 50 miles of there, you know, pay attention to what the elevation is Uh, on the site. It'll tell you what aspect you know whether it's a south facing or a north facing site and from you know looking at three or four hotel sites and the elevation you know how much snow they have you should have a pretty good idea that you know what you're going to be looking at on the ground there it's not going to be exact but it should put you in the ballpark whether you know forget about it I'm going to be on snowshoes or you know this is you know this would be a viable option so
2: yeah, excellent point. And for anybody that's listening right now, uh, Robbie had Josh Boyd on a couple weeks ago. He's a hydrologist and he did go through exactly how to pull that information up on the site and uh, what you can use that information for, just as Mike was talking about. So uh, good reminder there, Mike.
0: Get out there and enjoy the high country and uh, look for those mushrooms. If you find the more else, you're going to find the bears.
2: Find the mushrooms. Find the bears. All right, guys. I appreciate it. There. If you guys want to get a hold of either one of these guys, um, why don't you guys let them know how to contact you on uh, Rock Slide.
3: uh My handle is MT Warden. I'm a former game warden, if you haven't guessed, but uh, I'm fairly active on the site and a moderator there.
0: And for me, it's uh, MTN W Runner. So it's Mountain W Runner. R U N N E R.
2: Checking in on the latest Rockslide review articles, Matt Cashel reviews the new Swarovski ATC Compact Spotting Scope. Matt takes a deep dive into the optics of the ATC and also goes on to compare it side by side with the Kawa 553 and the Swarovski ATS 65. If you're in the market for a lightweight do-everything spotter, you're going to want to check out this review. Other hot topics on the Rockslide Forum Matt Ronella speaks at the Pope and Young Convention. This is a great thread to check out if you're interested in seeing arguments for and against Matt's Hunt Quietly campaign. Check it out in the general discussion forum. Ryan Avery has a long-running discussion on the Wildcat 6UM cartridge. What's a 6UM? Well, in short, it's a 6MM running a 115-grain bullet over 32,000 feet per second. You can check out the entire discussion on the long-range forum. Also, in the long-range forum, you can find the question and answer thread on the upcoming Cold Board Challenge that Justin Crosley queued us in about on last Tipsy Tuesday. The challenge will start on June 3rd, so if you have any questions, head over to rockslide.com, click on the forums, click on long-range, and it's a sticky at the top of the page. Moving on to the news. The Utah Wildlife Board approves a decrease in big game permits for the fifth consecutive year in a row. Even with the Department of Wildlife recommending tag increases in the southern region of the state, the board refused citing public outcry that would not let them side with solid science. So much for moving the draw deadline back to plan an application strategy after seeing the proposed tag numbers. Here's an interesting development for hunters that travel to other state: Kentucky Fish and Game is suing a hunter for bringing back portions of a diseased deer back into the state. The hunter brought a CWD-infested deer head from Wisconsin and stored it at his home in Kentucky. Officials say that this is the first documented case in Kentucky of chronic wasting disease for over 20 years. More than 40,000 native deer and elk have been tested during that time frame with zero confirmed animals. The department filed a complaint seeking reimbursement costs for the investigation, testing, prosecution, and disposal of the infected carcass. Please be smart and follow the recommendations from the state you're traveling to and your home state. It benefits everybody in the end. Another Colorado wolf development, Colorado's finalized reintroduction plan, names Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming as donor states for the wolves Colorado's planning to release. One problem, those states have no interest in giving any wolves to fulfill the plan. Wyoming's governor flat refused as he believes releasing wolves in northern Colorado conflicts with Wyoming's current management plan, increasing the likelihood of conflicts between the canines and residents. Montana's Greg Lemon stated, to be clear, we have not talked and nor are we talking to Colorado about moving wolves. Idaho's official stance is the state has had no formal conversations about wolf transfers. We'll be keeping our eye on this developing situation in Colorado. Closing out today's Tipsy Tuesday with the draw news. Let's face it, it's slim pickings out in the draw world, and if you're like me and have failed to secure a tag so far, you might need to start including some of these late application states. May 24th is the Washington deadline. Here's the deal with Washington. Non-residents have to purchase a general deer or elk tag and then apply for limited tags for another $100 each. Washington is a bonus point state that squares its points in the drawing, which in a nutshell means a guy with 10 points gets his name in the draw 100 times versus the guy with one point who gets a single chance in the draw. So with 10 points, the odds are 100 times better than the guy just starting out. Washington is expensive and has terrible draw odds for the first-time applicant, but this time of year with no tags in your pocket, it might just be worth a shot. June 1st is Montana Antelope. June 2nd, California, all draws. June 4th is Iowa, if you're planning to chase big whitetails anytime soon. June 5th is Idaho's limited elk, deer, and antelope. June 6th, Arizona sheep, bison, and deer. As we near the end of today's podcast, I want to play a small tribute to my cousin, Warrant Officer Stuart Wayman, who was killed over a week ago in a helicopter crash. It's a harsh reminder that none of us are guaranteed a tomorrow. Please pick up that phone and dial up an old buddy. Both of you will be sure glad you did. Stu, I miss you, buddy. (laughs) Until next time, this has been Sam Weaver.